Hello and welcome to the Hespect MMA podcast, where we cover MMA's hottest headlines, fight card bouts, fighter drama, discuss fight predictions, media giants, and basically all things MMA related. Made by fans, for the fans. This is your host, Hespectful Keith, and I'd love for you to come and join me here, often visited by special guest and best friend of mine, codenamed Throblow as we share our memories, takes, and opinions on the frequently changing landscape that is MMA. Now, without further ado, let's MMA and chill. Check mic one, two. It's yeah, check the Michael Johnson. Third check fight from the top. <laughs> <laughs> freaking michael johnson i remember when i first saw his name i got confused because i was like michael jordan Mag- magic johnson <laughs> yeah. like, is this a basketball player yeah random uh random comment but magic johnson wasted the world's greatest porn name on a basketball career <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i'm so clueless when it comes to other sports no, no, my hockey is the big thing at my work, and uh, yeah, I just kind of nod along and you know give very vague responses to make it seem like I have an idea of what they're talking about. No, I I just tell my coworkers they're they're just like you you watch baseball? Nope. You watch watch hockey? No, no, I don't really watch that stuff. I, I like I like combat sports, and they're like, oh, and I just walk off. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've done that a few times at work. <laughs> It's weird though. One of the one of the younger guys is actually in boxing. Oh, like uh, at your work? Yeah, like yeah. Training? He's he's been there longer than me, right out of high school. But he's only like mid twenties right now, and he's he apparently trains regularly at some kind of gym, or he did before the lockdown. Snap. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I mentioned the UFC and boxing every now and then. You know, as soon as I heard about that, I was like, oh shit, maybe maybe there's someone to talk to around here. Yeah, I try to throw out a little, you know, mention about this and that here and there, but you know, I've been there for three years. He hasn't responded in any way, so I'll just let it let it fade. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of fighters aren't really like actually fans of the sport. They just yeah. do it because they're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird, but okay. I mean, Dustin Poirier said himself he doesn't really enjoy it as much, but he's good at it. Yeah, he doesn't it's his job, right? Process anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he just likes the the whole fighting part. Yeah, like he's like everything else. I mean, I imagine doing a camp two, three, maybe even four times a year isn't fun, right? I can't imagine oh, no. what weight cutting is like. Yeah, because then you have to like max your body out. Yeah, that's rev- basically throughout the year. Yeah, you're revving your engine nonstop from weeks to months at a time, and then you get. You know, a few weeks to rest while you're recovering from physical injuries. You know, I was uh, listening to the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. Yeah, they briefly uh, mentioned something about the uh, the worst positions to be in MMA. And uh, what about for you? Like, out of all the fights you remember, who do you think uh, had like the shit end of a position during the fight? Oh man. God damn. You remember years and years ago when uh, we were just getting into MMA and that one thing you showed me, I forget what it's called, where, you know, you have them against the cage and they're on their knees and you grab their wrist from behind, right? So you have open oh, yeah. rain to basically just feed them shots. 
people are calling that the Dagestani handcuff nowadays. Cause Kabir yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was, I was going for. <laughs> I remember, I don't know who it was, but Khabib had that wrist 100% locked up and he was just feeding shots. It was earlier in his career. Yeah. It was UFC run. But I remember, I specifically remember how defenseless that guy was. He couldn't get up. He couldn't defend. He literally, <laughs> he wasn't even out. He was just getting punched in the face until the ref stopped it. Yeah. Turned him into a bobblehead. Yeah, I mean, if you can get that wrist locked up, you're you're basically free reign, and he's gonna do something drastic and put himself in an even worse position, right? Yeah, especially along the fence, right? Because they have to try and walk the fence, but yeah. then they have that arm tied up, so yeah, they, so they, <laughs> they can't, can't even put a hand up. They can't even put an elbow on the fence to try and balance themselves as they push forward, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll have to find out which fight that was again. We have to look back. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know what they said though. What? Okay, so you remember how Kimbo fought in uh, the Ultimate Fighter? Oh yeah. You remember when he fought Roy Nelson? Yeah. <laughs> Nelson got that mounted crucifix on him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said that's the worst position. <laughs> Having Roy Nelson on you, his belly in your face, mounted crucifix. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be one of the worst <laughs> ones. One of the other ones was way early days of UFC. I think it might have been a Gracie when he got that guy in a full crucifix and he ended up feeding him like 10 elbows. Oh, crap. I think so. Wait, like uh, one of those really old fights. Yeah, right? really. Before before UFC won, you know, Bonner Griffin? Yeah, yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah, really. a full crucifix like that with the rules they had back then. I mean, that's oh, a lot of elbows. Guy, like, he went out, right? Yeah, he, he was like, literally, his whole body oh, was man, just like yeah, shaking because of the, the, you know, the motion of elbow. Yeah, just cringe, man. That one. Was <laughs> yeah, brutal. that. I just remembered that one. Yeah, the crucifix is is not fun. I mm-hmm. mean, either way, you got Roy Nelson sitting on you. <laughs> it's belly in your face. <laughs> I kind of remember Kimbo like seeing a clip of him, like, oh fuck. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyways, what's going on, everybody? Spectral Keith and Throb Low here. We're gonna take a look at some key matches. On UFC Vegas 18, Alistair Overeem, Uberim, the Reem, the Demolition Man, versus uh, Alexander Volkov. <laughs> he doesn't get a cool intro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm still kind of new on him. I mean, I've I've seen all his fights. He's uh, he's awesome. Freaking his stamina, and he's a huge guy, like a Stefan Strew for the vi- division. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely a veteran and a champion level fighter. It's just, yeah, but you're you know, telling me he's uh, from Bellator, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, he had a stint in Bellator where he won the belt for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. not sure if or how many times he defended it, but yeah. well, we'll look that over in a bit. I'm excited to go over that, but first, I uh, wanted to go back to the uh, fallout of Poirier versus McGregor too, because people are still talking about it. Yeah, I and, mean, you know, Connor is Connor, right? People are not gonna not con- talk about Connor. I've been talking about, about Connor nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Just like, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people saying, oh, this version, that version, Connor, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's true. Like, he has been changing, like, a lot. He's he's not as disrespectful, obviously. Yeah. He's got his kids. Uh, he was, he, he, if you've seen my IG post, he admitted, yeah, he was looking forward to Manny Pacquiao. Uh, and he was trying to use Dustin Poirier as a stepping stone, and he deserved to get his leg uh, kicked. Yeah. He said that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. 
that statement he did after the after a while. Mm-hmm. So like the the picture of the lightweight division, because like even though it's been over a weekend, you know, uh, we had a weekend without fights. Uh, you know, we're still talking about it, and it's a big picture with a lot of cogs. Uh, did you hear about Dustin? He wants uh, or he was uh, heard saying that he wants Charles and Chandler to maybe just duke it out for the belt, and then he'll sit back and get the winner. Yeah, or I, did he say for the belt? I heard a few things. I mean, I I heard a, I heard about that that he wants, or he said, you know, if Dustin, or sorry, not Dustin, uh, Chandler and Oliveira want to, you know, duke it out and decide that's the eliminator. He'll wait around. But I also mm-hmm. saw this one post about him. You know, just a single sentence. We're gonna do it a third time with uh, Connor. Yeah, and I don't know if that means right away or <laughs> like, does he want to include Connor in his next title fight? Because I mean, as of right now, Dustin has the most pull in the division. He's the clear number one contender, right? Yeah, uncrowned champ. Yeah, yeah. He's the only thing that's stopping him is the vac is it's vacant, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if he's gonna pick Connor get that payday, finish out the trilogy, get a belt all in the process, or if he's just going to sit for a while and see what everyone else does before he makes his move. It's it's a very confusing time. It's going to be BS if it's for the belt, though, man. I, I agree. Anti-trilogy belt. Screw that, man. Look, Connor's yeah. like, how many losses has he had? He, I mean, Connor is Connor, right? Obviously, but factually, Connor is 0-2 over four years at lightweight. And one and yeah. two overall. With his only win in the last four years being, all due respect to Cowboy, a rank, an unranked opponent in another weight class. Yeah, and stylistically, I mean, Cowboy's a slow starter. We all know this. Yeah, and Connor a... comes out the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Taylor made. Yeah, Taylor made comeback fight for him. Yeah, so wait, do you approve of what Dustin's saying? Are you. Are you... Do you think like no go go for Charles like why aren't you guys fighting why you guys sit back and make these contenders fight? Uh the fight I want is Dustin and uh, Charles. That's the fight yeah. I want. But okay. if you know Dustin decides, I mean, it's a t- yeah, it's a tough spot. That's the one I want. But if Dustin wants to wait a while, make Connor work his way back up and let them eliminate one or the other, I'm okay with that. Or I'm more okay with that than the idea of Connor getting a free title shot. Okay. Now, uh, I was listening to one of the pods at work, and uh, one of the interviews had Michael Chandler, and he was saying that he's actually on a collision course with Justin Gagey. How do you like that one? Oh, man. I'd absolutely love that one. That's superb. Are, they're both from Bellator, right? Or is Gagey from... No, yeah, Gagey was from uh, WSOF. Oh, yeah, before they went into the PFL, right? Yeah, yeah, before they changed. Yeah, that's an explosive one. Those guys get after it. Yeah, like, Gagey, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, Michael Chandler is very small for the division. He's Mm 5'6", I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, those leg kicks, He's if, if he... If he throws a leg kick and it gets checked the wrong way by a guy as, you know, stocky and powerful as Chandler, it could be a bad night for Gagey. Yeah, he can get taken down. Yeah. I would like to see if that's a lot of X factors there, right? Yeah. Like, can Chandler take the shots? 
Will he avoid the kicks? Yeah. Will Gagey get the kicks? Uh, will he get taken down? Can he get back up? Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's a very tough one because Chandler's his whole shtick is his wrestling, right? And how well he mixes it in with his power striking. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Gagey is a wrestler too. And yeah, so you, you I, don't know I, how well he's going to take him down. Yeah, well, Gagey never goes for takedown; he just defends. Yeah, All no, right, I mean, about Chandler. Yeah, Chandler. I mean, okay. <laughs> I don't expect Justin to do that. <laughs> he just throws it all out the window. Yeah. That's hilarious. So say they make Poirier and uh Oliveira Gagey Chandler. Um you down for Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz three? Is yeah. Time? Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Nate Diaz be calling out Poirier. What about that? Is it no? I don't know. I gone too long. I'll always be a fan of the Diaz brothers, but Nate's making it a little difficult lately. He's He's talking a lot of shit on the internet, and he's not signing any papers. I know. I, I just, I just want to see him fight, man. Stop teasing us. Just, mm-hmm. just pick someone already. Yeah, Tony was talking smack to. That's him. one I, like, I, I saw that earlier. I would absolutely <laughs> love. I mean, if, I mean, I think Nate said one seventy, and if Tony wants to move up just for that one fight, then yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like that one. <laughs> I would like to see that too. Yeah. yeah. Let's see Tony move up. You know, there there was a time where he's like, uh, I can make lightweight, but I got the frame of a middleweight as if he was like referring to what he might do in the future. I mean, he's how old now? He's pretty old now. Isn't he mid thirties? Yeah, so about there. I think about he's about there. Thirty four. So I don't know if he's interested in moving up. I think his his style is like just so unique. He can give anyone problems, right? If he's like the best version of himself on that night, yeah. You know, obviously he's not. He's been outskilled by uh, two other guys who just, you know, they they seem to have his number. And but there's a lot of interesting matches up there for him. I like that. Yeah, I mean, especially if Nate Diaz wants to intro you, that's uh, that's the biggest one of the biggest fights you can get as far as namesake goes. Yeah, and poking around is uh, RDA. Where do you think he fits into us? The where would where could you throw him at that point? You got all those guys lined up together. I'm pretty sure he wants to stay at uh, lightweight, though, doesn't he? You mean welterweight? No, uh, RDA, right? Yeah. No, he wants to stay at lightweight. Okay. Yeah, that's he, what I meant. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. What was his last fight? But. Yeah, he's uh, I think he's seventh in the rankings now. So Dan Hooker uh, just lost. Maybe that's an option. Uh, yeah, thank God he uh, didn't decide to retire. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was wondering what was happening there. He he pulled a Paul Felder. <laughs> yeah, man, that was a tense uh, a couple of days. Yeah. So um, one more question, I guess. Where does Kevin Lee fit into all of this? <laughs> Man, I, I, he said he was going to take a while off. He had a really, really yeah. tough situation there. He, I mean, early on, really early on in his career, when I saw him fight, it's one of those situations where this guy has everything he needs to be a great champion. He's just got to put the puzzle together saying. somehow, right? Yeah, and you know what? He's, he's still super young. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't recognize. Uh, he's got a large record. I think he's like 
I don't even think he's 30 yet. No. I think he's still in his 20s, late 20s. Uh, hold on. Oh, yeah, he's 28 right now. That's Even if he takes a year or two, maybe three off. I mean, mid-2020 was his he's last far fight. far from his prime. Yeah. And considering his last... Uh... Oh, man, I'm looking at it right here. His last four losses dating back six years are Ferguson, Iaquinta, RDA, and Oliveira. That's some stiff competition. Yeah, he's faced nothing but sharks. Yeah. He's still a young dude. Yeah. He's, he's, Charles is older than him then, right? Yeah. Because he's just 28. Charles is 31. Oh, my gosh. So Lee hasn't even hit his Man, the, the lightweight division is <laughs> it's got some stock <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. But I have to say, man, like after seeing uh, – what Dustin did and where he's at now and looking at his past, he's a thing. He's he's the toughest guy at 155. Yeah, he's... Like, I hate to say it. He's the best. Without Khabib in the picture, he's he's absolutely, you know, the dude. Yeah, like, I, I hate to say it because, you know, I'm, I'm all about the Tony time, right, until the wheels fall off. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah I, I think, like, looking back at his, his resume... And uh, in his future matches, his his opponents should uh, consider that they got to get him out of there right away. Yeah, you can't you can't go into who's tougher battle. No, no, he's gonna he's gonna win the tough guy competition. Yeah, all he's, the he's absolutely going. He's such a nice guy too, but you close yeah. that door behind him, he's literally just someone who's you know go, gonna take it right to you for twenty five minutes and not let you execute your game. You know, barring. Barring Khabib, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Khabib smashes. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Have you ever seen him beside DC? They look like they're the same size. Yeah. How much does this guy cut? I imagine the whole camp is just a process of strict, you know, diet, hydration, and what kind of workouts they're doing to gradually get it down. Yeah, no kidding. His uh, cut with Dustin, they had pictures of him like praying on the floor and stuff. He looked really bad. Yeah, really, really bad. I don't know what he gets up to after the cut, but I remember that dude is huge. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I don't even remember where it was. It was so vague. It was like a YouTube video or something, where uh, they uh, Khabib's. Uh, I don't know if it was one of his dad, his dad, or one of his uh, coaches or training partners or something. Were saying maybe he walks into the octagon twenty five, thirty pounds heavier. Pre Usada, early days of his career, one eighty five. Oh, where they can use an IV, yeah, right? IV and everything. No, yeah, not no, pre Usada, but Hendrickson. the pre IV ban. He was, he was literally yeah. like walking into the fight, two, maybe even three, close to three weight classes above. <laughs> he's a middleweight. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, he's five ten. You put him next to Kamaru Usman, they'll look the same. Yeah, and he's lean yeah. too, bro. That's the thing. It's all muscle. It's all muscle. He just loves what he it's does, crazy. man. He's he's gonna keep training. He won't even have a fight for ten years, and he'd still probably beat most of the guys. Well, good man. That guy's a monster. Yeah, he GSP'd oh. his way on out of here. <laughs> yeah. Love it though. Love it. Yeah, though. yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Twenty nine and zero. It's not only the best record possible or best record out there, but it's also the biggest tease in history. I know, right? Like. You want to see someone that tested him, but who who can? Yeah, who can? Right. Okay, I got a question. Yeah. Uh, Khabib said he's waiting for someone to give him a reason. 
as far as the hypothetical matches at lightweight, what yeah. reason could you see for him coming back? Just the legacy fight with uh, GSP. That's it. I mean, GSP is 41, 42 now. That's not happening. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that, but look when he came back against Michael Bisping. Even I didn't even give him a chance. I was like, Michael Bisping's too big. GSP can't take he's him active. down. He's, he's, he's in better shape. <laughs> I, was, I, you remember the... I was right Sorry. there with you, man. Yeah, you remember the clip of uh, Robert Whitaker after the finish? Robert Whitaker was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> GSP just submitted this thing. <laughs> yeah. And he had a hard, like, it was becoming hard for him in that uh, second round, man, because uh, Bisping did more damage from the bottom than GSP did on top after he got that takedown. Yeah. GSP sneaky, man. The camera caught, uh, caught it, too. He was like pulling at Bisping shorts when he was taking them down. Yeah, was he? <laughs> Sneaky GSP. Oh yeah. man, it's a, it's a fight, man. Mm. It's normal. <laughs> he's he's pre-Usada stuff though. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. He's the one that got them to bring him in. Yeah. So well, people, it's like some people don't even know. It's that. like how Michael Jordan says the game isn't the same today, right? He's the rules are different. You you can't even breathe on a guy without getting fouled out. <laughs> Even though it's only like what <laughs> six, seven years ago that GSP's been gone. Yeah, I, I think like no, maybe no, if we... Khabib went up to uh, to him, maybe if GSP didn't cut too much weight. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe they meet at one sixty five. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but the UFC would never go for it. No, no, they'd. Uh... Yeah, I I just don't think it's gonna happen. But uh, while while listening to those pods, uh, if we can go back to Dustin, because uh, on uh, one of the pods they mentioned that he kind of has a weird striking, <laughs> which I kind of agree with. Dustin, Dustin. oh Dustin, <laughs> yeah, like you ever notice? Uh, once he's going in for the kill, he kind of like his head stabilizes and like he just swings his shoulders and his whole torso and his waist. Yeah. But he keeps his head stable I, I, as I he stares at the target. I know. I, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like a chicken or a pigeon. Yeah, something. You know how they walk? Yeah, he's, <laughs> it's like he's not punching. It's like he's placing his fist on your face really hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> some guys, when they throw, they also move their head. Yeah, they get the it, whole right? body motion going, right? Yeah, and it's not to say he doesn't have striking defense. Like, he does have some head movement and and uh, parries and and blocks and shoulder rolls. Yeah. But when when he has uh, someone hurt or if if he decides this is a good time to go for it, he he really like he focuses in and he just like turns his whole torso and his head just stays still. Yeah. As he stares at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making uh, weird sounds as I talk because I'm. You're trying to I'm emulate trying to emulate the motion. Yeah, you're trying to trying to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is an audio only podcast, people. So I gotta explain to you why I sound like this. <laughs> you know, you know, also uh, kind of does the same thing. Uh, mm -hmm. You, I think you just posted something recently. Uh, God, who was it? Uh, I can't get it. Uh, Almeida versus. Oh, should go Sean one man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he. Uh... He's one guy I really had high hopes for, but you know, after a couple USC fights, when he started his loss streak, it became pretty obvious that his head, like ninety-five percent of the fight, is on a straight line and never moves. 
so he's very hittable. And yeah, like he's Dustin tall. added those other things, right? I think he's got that's mm -hmm. one major thing he's got to work on. On he's tall and he's super fast and technical, but yeah, like uh, where that's like, you know, it's give and take, right? Where that's like one hundred and ten, his uh, his head movement is really low. Like the score is really low, yeah. you know. Yeah, so he definitely needs to work on that, and he needs to work on uh, either checking kicks or avoiding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I because I don't mean to bash on him, but he's. I'm slowly kind of realizing he's maybe not that nerdy kid that uh that all the other nerdy kids look to as the fighting hero for them. He's he's kind of a dick. Yeah, I mean he. I've been paying a little more attention, and he. Uh... He's not really handling the spotlight well, and it's barely even a spotlight. <laughs> yeah, he's saying like super controversial things, and he says it with seriousness. But it's like sometimes it just leaves you wondering, like, what what is what is his yeah, angle? Like, does he want to be a heel or is he a good guy? Because he came out a good guy, and now he's kind of like slowly turning into yeah. A heel. And how much how much of it is an act, right? Like. Especially in MMA, you everyone eventually gets figured out. You know, if you're if you're not the person you are presenting yourself to be to the fans, eventually people are going to figure that out. Like, I don't want to single anyone out, but as far as I'm aware, John Jones and TJ Dillashaw are huge alpha male <laughs> douchebags. <laughs> I was waiting for you to yeah. say that first name. Same with uh, what's it called? It? Uh, who is it? Uh, I've, heard, I've heard a few things. Obviously, these are just gym stories you hear, you know, around the internet. But Matt Hughes is apparently like that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I hear it in the comments, too. Apparently, like, he bullies uh, training partners. Or maybe you Maybe it's just know, so good that, today. you know, his sparring is dominant. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they say for uh, success maybe that is necessary yeah i mean that kind of attitude i mean i would i i would be not. completely okay if someone was a douchebag and that's who they were more so than if you're yeah. regularly a normal dude but you're acting like a prick you know that's that's kind of <laughs> yeah. or like you're john right like you're like praise Jesus, and then you yeah. do cocaine, smoke weed, and uh, get into yeah, a like, car like obviously there's a business aspect to it. Conor McGregor is probably the biggest yeah. example of that. Ronda Rousey, I remember she kind of got pushed into her feud with Misha Tate. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, there's definitely a business aspect of it, and you have to have, you know, something extra to make it to the, you know, the level of the Rondas and the Brocks and the Connors. Yeah. But I mean, it's all about execution, I feel. Ronda was always, you know, the early prototype kind of thing. Brock was just a massive, you know, aggressive human being. And Connor, <laughs> Connor executed everything perfectly. Every, you know, one liner, every zinger, every yeah. post uh, pre uh, conference, all the interviews. And, and the predictions. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he followed through on. Basically everything. I mean, he had like six, seven knockouts in a row, I think. Yeah. Intangibles, man. Yeah. Intangibles. Fighter intangibles. That's what it is. 
Uh, anyways, uh, let's take a look at the head of those prelims on the Overeem Volkov, uh, Volkov oh, yeah. card. Yeah, so that I'm uh, talking about Michael the Menace Johnson versus Clay the Carpenter Guida. Nice. Yo, man, these guys are absolute throwbacks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Michael Johnson, he's been uh, in the UFC for over a decade now, 11 years. Oh. He's from uh, Tough 12, GSP versus Josh Koscheck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's old. <laughs> that, I don't want to lose to a French guy who speaks like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that won't fly today, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Freaking GSP. So many people made fun of him for the way he yeah. talks. And then they got beat up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even this thing, man. Uh, what, what do you see, GSP? Do you see a strategy to beat me? <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, Clay Guida, though, he's from the UF, uh, WEC, and then he uh, went into the UFC in 2006, right? After they yeah. absorbed the uh, <laughs> promotion like Majin Buu, <laughs> UFC. Freaking uh, Johnson, man, you know? He, he has all the physical attributes that I think would be in a world champion, yeah. right? Fast hands, good hands. Like a boxer, but he has good kickboxing. <laughs> nice weather today, people. Not for us. It's fucking minus thirty something. <laughs> it's like oh, forty. Cold days in Winnipeg. <laughs> you know, there's like no snow here. Yeah. There's like about uh, three centimeters of snow. On <laughs> Damn, <there>. that's <laughs> literally the exact opposite. We got like half a foot yesterday. <laughs> Uh, zooming, zooming, zooming back. What's up, people? Just had a little intermission there. Um, that was my dad. His name's Edwin Bernardo. He's an OG. Yeah. He built that one, <laughs> one, one uh, that uh, hovercraft in that Jackie Chan movie. Oh yeah, should share that <laughs> yeah. story. So my dad, it was actually a part of the production of the uh, hovercraft thing. That went on the beach yeah, and stuff. Through the, right? through the city yeah, or memories a little. Fun. Yeah, it's been a while. Rumble in the Bronx, I think, was this what, what movie it was. <laughs> Rumble in the Bronx, showed me a picture Man. and everything. I searched it on the internet. I was like, "That's." I gotta it? run through some Jackie <laughs> Jackie Chan movies again. It's been a while. Yeah, man, that guy's a legend. So so sad that he's not uh doing his old thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how old it is. There's not a point in my life that I don't remember Jackie Chan being awesome. <laughs> as soon yeah, as I was man. old enough to see the movies my parents, the VHS tapes my parents were renting, Jackie Chan's name was on them. <laughs> yeah. Same here, man. We had all of them. <laughs> all the rush hours. Goddamn Jackie yeah. Chan. Everything was going fine right up until he made that tuxedo movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to Johnson, though. Uh, yeah, you're saying he has good kickboxing, right? Whips. He has good kicks yeah, he... too, right? When he hits, brings that slap sound. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, he could never like make a, a good title run. Yeah, it's and it's not even. It was like never it... even just one thing, right? It's not like he was leaving himself open and getting knocked out every time. It's not like he was yeah. losing decisions because his cardio is bad or 
because he was too late or early a starter. It was just... He just had an off Yeah, night. it seemed to have... I think it might be some kind of mental block or, you know, maybe he's holding himself back somehow because there's a lot of, a lot of fighters where, you know, Kevin Lee is another example. You know, they have every, yeah, every asset they need guys. to be a, a champion, right? But there's just some piece of the puzzle Something that they haven't figured like out yet. They got to put it all together somehow. Yeah. Like this guy took out my boy Ferguson. He took out Ooh, Dustin. Yeah. He took out Barbosa. It's just like, but he couldn't make anything yeah, off of that I after mean, that. Even going because... back, I mean, 2013, Joe Lozon was a big threat. Yeah, he took out yeah. Lozon too, right? Gleason Tebow, yeah, that... Melvin Gillard, Tony Ferguson. Yeah, man, he is. He's, he got some yeah. good wins, and it's just like it's it's weird that he never got into that upper yeah. echelon. Yeah, and then you got Guido, right? He's just like that guy that's just been hanging around in the jungle yeah, all day. He's literally like R- you go into the jungle, you're gonna meet like <laughs> instead of going home to you know his family and his friends and his the rest of his life. He's like, nah, no, nah, I'm gonna just fight this fight for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like looking at his record too, he, he's had a rough ten years full of opens downs, yeah. right? I think he hit his prime like 15 years yeah. ago, right? 15 years ago, I, I noticed he was uh, on top of a 15-fight win streak, right? Even though it wasn't UFC, it's still incredible yeah. to beat 15 yeah. guys in a row, right? And for 12 of them, they were finishes. So that's like, he's no joke. He wasn't a joke 15 years yeah. ago. And I mean, even even after that, he still put together some two, three, four-fight winning streaks, right? Yeah, and some exciting fights too, except for the Grey Mainer. Looking fight, over yeah. <laughs> right now, he's never gone more than two losses in a row either. Yeah, he's always been consistent. Yeah. He's 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 a really smart uh, game I mean, he's, fighter. He's another one of those names. We say it a lot. As soon as you see it on the card, that's more incentive to watch because you know, at the very least, you're going to get you know a highly technical match because of his experience. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, you got Johnson. Three lost kid, Guida two lost kid. Um, but you know, this is a battle for two veterans, right? What, what do you make of the matchup, though? Uh, I like the matchup. I mean, Guida, yeah. Guida's uh, he's very similar to Chandler, just not on the level. He's got good wrestling. He he's very explosive with his striking. He mixes it together back and forth. You know, the transitions pretty well. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think if he can execute his fight and not let uh, Michael Johnson have the distance. It may go his way, mm-hmm. but I'm not banking on that. Simply because... Yeah, how do you see the fight playing I out? think uh, probably Michael Johnson by... I don't know, either f- some kind of finish. I think uh, I think the age gap, the, the wear and tear, things like that. I think mm-hmm. Guida's just a little bit past his expiration date. <laughs> Yeah, Guido's thirty nine now, and he's uh, yeah, his resume. Fights. Obviously, he's he's been through yeah, the ringer. I mean, right? you never want to say someone Johnson's thirty four. Someone has nothing left in them, but I mean, twice as many fights, almost nearly yeah. what five six years older. Yeah, no, yeah, no disrespect. Yeah, not not at all. I'm to, just uh, uh, to play, man. 
I, I this is literally just one of those fights where I'm banking in you know that extra spring in his step that uh, Johnson might have because Guida when he won uh, those back to back fights against Kosh and Lozon I was actually very hopeful for him. I was like, oh man, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to him mounting this uh, comeback. But unfortunately, he was yeah. the first. The he was the first of eight names on uh, Oliveira's current run, <laughs> and he just wasn't in the cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Johnson, he he's still pretty athletic, yeah. right? As you said, he has pep in his step. Yeah, the pop in his shots are still there. Like Guida, obviously, he has cardio. For yeah, days, yeah, that's not an but, issue. Uh, he's, he's very durable too. I just think. Uh, if things go south, I think the you know the 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 more readily available you know power that Johnson has comparatively, you know he's very he's a much more bursty guy as far as mm-hmm. you know his shots go, and I think he might catch Guida. If I was to bank on anything, I would I would say probably like a TKO punches, maybe second yeah. he's second fast. round. He's fast. Yeah, I think so too. Because like. Guida too. You never know which Guida you'll get, right? And we've seen a bunch of different Guidas. Yeah. <laughs> Bulldog yeah. Guida, defensive Guida, wrestler Guida. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, whatever Guida comes, Johnson will probably just be able to land and land hard and yeah, land like, early. If he's whipping those kicks, they're gonna they're gonna land somewhere on the upper knee, thigh, maybe the body, right? Like if Johnson's whipping yeah. those kicks and. Guida's not uh, not quite as tall as him, so it's it's going to be a good distancing mechanism if he can get him out there. Yeah. So I, I predicted a KO slash TKO by Johnson, but what round? Do you uh, think? I'm thinking I'll tell you my round. TKO second round. Same uh, nice. here. What the <laughs> <Nice>. hell? <laughs> You'd be looking at my stash. <laughs> yeah. I got eyes. I yeah, but uh, after that, you got a. Uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira versus Benil Darius at one fifty-five. I don't really follow these guys, but uh, basically this matchup is a, a, a fucking testament to how stacked the one fifty-five yeah, division is. Right? I mean, I don't even know if these guys are on the rank list right now. Are they? I mean, they are. Uh, Carlos is tenth, and Darius is thirteenth. Okay, yeah. I'm just looking over um, now. Both guys are on win streaks. Yeah, I really, I've always yeah. liked Benil Darius. He's one of those guys where, you know, he's like a, a quiet, uh, like a dark horse, right? He's he's unnoticed. You know, he he joined the mm-hmm. UFC a while ago, actually. It says here, 2014. Yeah. Yeah, and both guys are on huge winning streaks. Yeah, right I've now. I've always I remember when uh Darius was on his first big win streak in the UFC. And I was like, "Oh man, this guy's mm-hmm. really really good." Yeah, so him and uh Carlos actually fought before. Darius uh, got a unanimous decision over him. You ever see that fight? Him and who? Darius and Carlos. They already fought before. This is a rematch. Oh damn, is it? Yeah, Dare you should beat him uh, before. Oh damn! No, I didn't know that. Oh wait, yeah. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen the fight myself, but yeah, when I noticed it, I was Aldo like, Mendes too, it's "Damn, his... that's crazy!" Yeah, that was a yeah, long. Yeah, twenty fourteen. I mean, I'd I'd much rather see a rematch this far in the making 
I'm not a fan of instant yeah. rematches. There's not enough time to grow. You're just preparing for what you just did, right? It's like it's like yeah. sparring with someone for a while and then seeing what they're throwing and then fighting. Kind of obviously, it's not the same. But I'm more yeah, but... I'm more on the side of I'd rather have them fight a couple people or however many people before they come back to each other. That way, they have their own way to see who actually grows more, who adds more to their game, who's more prepared by the time it comes around again. Yeah, I'm thinking Carlos is probably like, I'm going to get you this time. Carlos, and you mean Diego? She's like, it's time to steal the rink. Diego what's Ferreira? Uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Okay, that's what's happening. I'm uh, I'm, I'm on Sherdog right now, and uh, the name that shows is Diego Ferreira. So, right, But then down, uh, down oh, here it says Carlos <laughs> Diego Ferreira. Yeah. So, uh, Carlos's last and most significant win was actually over Pettis in January last year. Oh. That got him performance of the night with a fat chick. Oh, yeah. He oh, yeah. 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 I remember that. It's pretty crazy. I didn't get to see the fight myself. Um, but looking in, Dariush's uh, last win was also uh a fucking crazy spinning back fist KO on Scott. Yeah, I definitely Oatsman. remember that one. That was he literally just kind of hit him with the the forearm, knew he was out immediately and kind of just walked away like, "Oh yeah, no big deal." <laughs> epic, yeah. man, epic. Yeah, so both dudes seem pretty much primed yeah. out, right? Carlos uh is pushing the clock a bit. You know, he's at 36, Dariush is 31. Uh they fought before. How do you think it plays out this time honestly i think uh i think it's dariush i'm i'm not too familiar with uh ferreira but as far as dariush goes <laughs> i've i've kept my eye on him for a very long time and he's very he's a very well-rounded fighter and yeah super yeah, well-rounded carlos is uh more of a jiu-jitsu yeah, guy i think uh i think it's one of those fights where as long as dariush is able to you know, avoid his wheelhouse. Yeah, he may mm-hmm. be able to pull out a win. If I was to call it, I'd probably say unanimous decision, Darius. Yeah, I, I picked the same. You know, it's it's uh, been about seven years yeah. since they met, but I, I think it plays out the same way the first time they fought. You know, both they're both well rounded. Yeah. One fifty five. Another right? factor. Stacked. Is I mean, glossing over, you know, the record plus what you said plus what little I remember, it looks like uh, Darius is you know starting out as a submission specialist, but not Darius uh, Ferreira, right? Mm-hmm. He may be in yeah. that, he's and then lately he's getting TKO wins and decision wins and things like that. He may be finding out he likes mm-hmm. to knock people out, and he may be, <laughs> you know, going down <laughs> the route of ignoring his trump card. Well, that'd be a path to victory yeah. for him, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I also picked uh, Darius by decision. I, I just think uh, he's, he's been more active too as well. And as we've seen by the last card, activity matters. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, uh, I think uh, the whole ring rust is real quote by Dominic Cruz. Maybe it just applies to Dominic Cruz. Yeah, I mean... It... Maybe we should just visit that. <laughs> yeah. <theory. laughs> yeah, you never know what what's going on in the mind of a fighter too, right? Yeah. Maybe Dominic Cruz is just, you know, I don't know the, 
I don't know. I can't think of a reference to, <laughs> to, 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 to think of Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz is his own reference, okay? We'll refer to mentally strong exactly. people as Dominic Cruz from now on. Yeah, there's not many people as unique as Dominic yeah, freaking Cruz. So the Dominator Dominic for sure. He's my favorite fighter ever. Love that guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, this next fight, bro, I don't know if you looked into this. I had to look into it because... Um, you know, spank me. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't wasn't familiar with the names. But this this is a sleeper match. Like anybody who looks into this, they'll probably come to the conclusion that you know this fight deserves more attention. Uh so it's Alexandre the cannibal Pantoja versus Man- Manel Prodigo Cap. He shoulda he shoulda took the millennial nickname that's is it right? uh because he'd be like manel that's cap isn't it manel cape <laughs> manil cape no it's cap okay it's okay cap. i don't want to i don't want to eyes e-game myself again <laughs> <laughs> no no it's all good because like i i always go to john uh john annex pod to make sure uh, shit's <laughs> yeah. being pronounced right he checks <laughs> yeah so they're flyweights man uh alexandre he's number five He's going to put his uh, rank on the line to this newcomer, Manel Cat. Uh, he's just de- uh, debuting in the UFC. But if you check out his resume, this guy's already uh, fought a who's who's yeah, list of I've, killers I've, I've in I've Asia. I haven't even heard of this guy until just uh, you know a few like a week or so ago when I saw the card. Right? I mean, I'm yeah. looking at it now. He's got so Kai I- Asakura. He's got Takeya Mizugaki. Yeah, he's got a, a win over him. He's he shared the ring with yeah. Takeya. He's uh, shared the ring with uh, Kyoji. Yeah, Nakamura. Right? Man, this guy's this guy's a prospect and a half. Yeah, and uh, he's accomplished all of this by the age of twenty-seven. Damn. This guy's a young prospect. So uh, yeah, he's got so, that high-level Eastern experience. He's going to be coming on over to the West. Or wait, is it in Abu Dhabi? It's probably yeah, uh, no apex apex okay so he's coming yeah. to the west so yeah I'm, uh, I'm excited um not sure how to really predict no, this either. one um, i mean I, I recognize pantoya or pantoja yeah um i would have to do a little more study but you know what i'm gonna go for the new blood i'm gonna i'm thinking uh cap will probably uh Either get a decision or a finish, but I don't really have a prediction as of yeah, right now. I don't. Uh, I don't know enough about this guy. I I feel like I probably should have seen his name right now. If he's got this this many wins, I mean, he's he's got uh, back and forths with Horiguchi and Asakura. He's got Ian McCall on his list. Yeah, man, he's he's. Yeah, fought. I mean, he seems like he's. He came around right at the right time and picked the right organization to get some really high-level experience early on. Yeah, which, you know, will either benefit him greatly or, you know, hopefully it's not a sage north cut. he doesn't get tossed to the wolves too soon. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, Apologies, people, if you were looking to learn a little more about these two, but we will learn a lot more on Saturday. Yeah, I have have no no idea. I'm just going to guess cap yeah well let's go yeah, for the that's, new that's blood. basically let's vote for cap I mean. people yeah by the way it's uh february 4th currently 8 51 p.m 
exhausted. <laughs> Working heavy all week at the freaking warehouse. Yeah, I feel it. Anyway, good luck to you, Cap. Um, after that, we got Marion the Belizean Bulldozer Renault versus Macy. Uh, well, I heard them say how to say her. Is it Chasson? Sorry, Macy. I even like covered her on one of my old MMA pages, and she messaged me. So, uh, what's up, Macy? I don't know how to say your last name. I'm just gonna call you Macy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always <laughs> it's always a better better choice. Yes. So, Marion, she's number ten. Macy is number twelve. This is in the bantamweight division, one thirty-five. This is actually primed to be a scrap. Uh, do Do you know these fighters? What do you make of this? Ah. Uh... I don't know these fighters, actually. Yeah, so Macy, obviously she's been on my radar. Obviously, I, I, I um, bit covered her before. Uh, I've seen her with her fight, in her fight with uh, Gina Mazzani. She finished her in two minutes of the first round. Okay. Yeah, she's from uh, Tough 28 with uh, Whitaker and Gastelum. I didn't watch that one, but that was in 2018. Yeah. Yeah, that was during yeah Renault during was, the hiatus. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, we were like in and out of love, <laughs> in and out of love. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Renault, she's like she's been around uh, three years longer than Macy. She's kind of on that second wave of uh, women's fighters coming into yeah. the UFC. Right, she looked really promising in her first two fights. She has a win over uh, Jessica Andrade. Oh damn, nice. That's that's a positive. Yeah. Yeah, triangle choke in the first round, but that was uh six years ago, and then she lost to Holly, who was also on that second wave. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was uh that number one contender match actually, and then uh, you know, if she had won, she would have fought Rousey instead of Holly. Uh, she's three five and one, one draw since then, and she's turning forty four this year. Marion, she's on the three fight losing skid. Seems to have lost a little bit of pep in her step. The question here is obviously where do her ambitions lie? She's still trying to be a champion. She's just doing it because she loves fighting. This, She's doing it for a paycheck. Is this the next card? Um, I, did, I did I skip I over I think one? you might have because <laughs> right now I'm seeing February 27th. It may, may, maybe it got February recently 20th. rescheduled. No, we're talking about uh, Overeem versus Volkov, no? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm maybe sure Dog has it wrong, but I'm looking at her. Oh yeah, look at it. Look, I'm looking at it right now. They mixed it up. Oh damn! Who we've been talking about then? Well, we got Michael. Yeah, Jones, no, no, we got all the other fights yeah. correct. That's the, just the one. It seems like maybe yeah. they rescheduled it recently, and you know, certain sites didn't uh, update it yet. Ah, okay. So here we go, people. A women's bantamweight bout between Marianne Renault and Macy Chesson was scheduled for t this weekend. However, during the week leading up to the fight, Renault was pulled from the card after testing positive for COVID-19. Oh, that's positive. what it was. Usually what there it is. That's go. probably, yeah, that's definitely why. Yeah, so they've moved it three weeks later at UFC Fight Night 186. So we'll break that down when that comes. Uh, fast healing to Marion. Yep. And uh, moving on from there. Uh, so what do we got here on tap? 
that would be the co-main event then. Skipping on over. So we got uh, number two, Corey Sanhagen. It's young, young prospect yeah. versus uh, our old boy from New Jersey, yeah. Frank the Yedga. answer. <laughs> Man, what a living legend. Yeah, he's still going. It's hard to believe he's been competing the way he has in every division he has for like the last 14 years. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. You ever see his resume? Yeah, it's, this guy's incredible it's, it's resume. ridiculous. I mean, you he's he's fallen on hard times lately. Not hard times. He's fought nothing but the best of the best for a decade. But no doubt. I mean, you talk about overall accomplishments in the UFC and I mean, he's one of very few people tied with Khabib and I think Benson Henderson for the most defenses at lightweight, right? Yeah, exactly. Lightweight. Yeah. Jesus Christ, such a shark. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's and defend the title three times and then what, challenge the featherweight title three times? Yeah, and now he's down at yeah. Bantamweight doing his thing. Like, it's crazy. I love Frankie. Big love to yeah, you, Frankie. He's, he's definitely one of the all-time greats. By the yeah, time like his I, career I, wraps up, he'll be. I, I would not be opposed in any way to putting his name up there with Silva and GSP and eventually Mighty Mouse, Fedor, things like that. Yeah, he's got to yeah, be in the I Hall mean, of Fame. He's, the only reason he's Instant. not at this point is Instant. because he's still active. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Soon as yeah, he retires. Literally, the, the next card, they're going to. They're going to surprise him, you know. He's going to be like, yeah, well, Dana White personally invited me to this UFC event live for no reason. And then they'll surprise yeah, him like they did awesome. Bisbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his losses, man, looking at his resume, like how can you be even disappointed about who you lost to? TKZ, Holloway, Ortega, Aldo twice, Benson Henderson in his prime yeah. twice. You can't even be sad about those losses. You just... The best of the best. The best of the best. Literally, two two divisions worth of the best fighters in the world. Such a crazy career. Dating all the way back to Gray Maynard, if he's first not lost. No no slouching names on that record. Exactly. Yeah, so you you mentioned Maynard. That's actually the first fight I saw uh, seeing uh, Frankie. I was still a casual fan oh, yeah. back then, right? <laughs> I used to live at the uh, the Shepherd House with Cam. I'd, I'd just watch them watch UFC, right? His uh, it was his third match, so you know, I, it was such a awesome story they told in the trailers, right? How he he had the first match with Maynard, he got beat. He had the second match, they got a draw, and this match seemed to be like for all the marbles, right? And when I watched the trailer, I was like, man, um, Gray Maynard is beast, man. I think he's going to knock him out this time. And I had no idea, man. No one had any idea how tough Frankie was. No, no. I mean, he was a dark horse at a time when, you know, BJ Penn was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he beat BJ Penn yeah. before that, too. Three Such times. a crazy story. Mm-hmm. So crazy, yeah. That that fight was definitely one of those fights that made me pay more attention to MMA, right? Like I grew as a fan. I watch more often. That was a big <laughs> shout out to uh, Frankie for yeah, that fight. Definitely, Frankie is uh like you said, living legend. I mean, 
He'll go down in the Hall of Fame record books for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his opponent, right, Corey, new kid on the yeah. block. Uh, he's got that bounce back finish over Marais. Everyone's seen that yeah. highlight, right? Spinning kick, finish with punches. Uh, before that, he was subbed by Aljo, Aljamain Sterling. He's trying to fight Peter Yawn for the title yeah. right now. I keep saying Peter. It's Piotr. Sorry, Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Piotr Yawn. I'm just going to say Peter. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just play. I'm going to say Yan. You know what? That's even better. I'm just going to say Yan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Corey, you know, uh, I don't know if she's seen the Mirage fight, but man, he's he's got good movement, right? Lots of feints, throws a lot of unorthodox strikes, switches stances a lot. Uh, in that battle with Mirage, he was basically uh, a kicking yeah. fight, right? And Sanhagen finished him like really late in the first round. That was super crazy. Yeah, and I mean, he's he comes from an elevation fight team, right? And they have a lot of big names there, high quality training partners, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how do you see this fight playing out, man? Um, three rounds. I think uh, I'm gonna go unanimous decision, Edgar. I think uh, he's experienced. His team is knowledgeable. They're gonna understand the threats. I feel like 15 minutes is more than long enough to for Frankie to you know put the pedal down and his, impose his will. Nice, I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, sometimes predictions are a, a battle of the heart yeah, and mind. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> Fuck, man. So what my heart says, Frank. <laughs> And I know I should be following my heart because sometimes, uh, or a lot of the times lately, I've been burnt for it. But my mind says San Hagen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just think he's uh, just too dynamic. I think he'll be able to keep Frankie at a distance. I love Frankie, man. Uh, you know, I always want to see him fight, and I always want to see him win. Uh, this is a tough matchup. But I could be wrong, and I'd be proud to be proved wrong. Uh, like with Chandler and Hooker, I, I thought Hooker was the perfect fighter for someone like Chandler to get stopped. And uh, I was super yeah, wrong. MMA so. math likes to just be a dick sometimes. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going with my heart on this one. My heart says I want Frankie to succeed. And <laughs> I mean, veteran versus prospect. <laughs> yeah, so you got decision yeah. Frankie, yeah. right? I got a decision, uh, Sanhagen. I don't think he'll be able to finish no. Frankie. Frankie's a tough guy, right? Like, not even Ortega with that beautiful yeah. uppercut finished him. That was more yeah, of a it was TPO a very, finish, very so. timing, balance-related thing. Mm-hmm. Not to discredit that. It's yes. it's a big uppercut. <laughs> yeah, he, well, Frankie was just trying to tie up, and Ortega was able to keep distance, uh, take aim, and fire. That's all that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so good luck to you, Frankie. From me, <laughs> even though I'm voting against you. Don't kill me. <laughs> but yeah, good luck to him. And uh, yeah, that one's going to be a good one. Uh, young Lion versus Old Lion. Yeah. Um, before we move on to our main event, though, let's just reset the pod because we want to make sure the audio's in sync, right. people. All right, so I'll... Uh, okay, I'm going to take a quick and, BRB uh, also. All right, man. See okay. you guys in a bit. 
What's up? What's up? Right. All right. So we are back. What's up, everybody? We are going through our predictions. Oh shit! That was my phone. It's okay. We'll leave that in the recording. Keep it as natural as possible, people. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, here we go. Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Number five versus number six. This is Hespect MMA. Respectful Keith and Throblo here to uh, share our predictions. So, Alistair, man, um, this guy's uh, this guy's been around. Yeah, well, to say the least. I heard yeah. uh, I heard a thing earlier, or I saw a post earlier on one of the MMA pages that said his combat sports record spans four decades total. Jesus. From Christ. 89 to 21 or 20. Oh, no, 99 to 20. Yeah, so. 21. Holy shit, 31 years. <laughs> 21 yeah. years. 20 years. Yeah, 20, 21 years. 99 he, to 21. That's insane. He's the age of 40 now. And, uh, bro, okay, let's, let's all take <clears throat> a minute to realize that. This guy's been uh he's been through a lot. He's uh he's been through all the changes. Wink yeah. wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy uh, came up in the Wild West days of uh MMA. Yeah, he absolutely did. Back when uh Vtort was the <laughs> <laughs> the band to beat. <laughs> No, yeah, uh, no disrespect, but tell me I'm lying. <laughs> oh man, that's when uh, Uberim. <laughs> yeah, that's ruled the Uberim the version. Division. We thought yeah, that man. was his final form, but little did we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's. Uh, I, I think I put him up there with Dan Henderson. He's just got this unbelievable. Um, yeah, endurance. Like yeah, his body's just. He's looked better and better lately. I mean, he's. You'd think with the type of athleticism and frame and everything that he has, that that would be his his primary asset. But lately, it's been his his mind, right? He's he's been fighting very intelligently. Exactly, because he's had all the technique and he's had the yeah. smarts. But because of how things were back in the day, he had to rely. Know. Yeah, you know. We know what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. people. We all know. Wink, wink. <laughs> There's this funny uh, quote I heard where it's like, uh, everybody knows. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, no, I mean, testament. we just don't talk about it. The Diaz, the Diaz's, they talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny, man. But uh, I miss Uberim, and uh, yeah, it's just been impressive to see him be able to keep up, even after all the changes he's been through as as a fighter and athletically. He's been around for over twenty one years, fighting nothing but the the goddamn best in Pride, right? Yeah. Uh, in Dream, this guy fought Bodier Hari. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's He's what uh, K one? I know K one, Dream and Pride. He's a champion, or was it Strikeforce? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about those two. Which one? Maybe both. 
But yeah, I mean, all those player. early promotions before, you know, things got mingled into two major West promotions, two major East promotions, right? Yeah. He's a uh, strike force champion too. Yeah. Yeah. Like those, those old major promotions when MMA was really gaining a foothold on the world stage of sports, he was, he was one of those names and has been one of those names. I mean, you can't think UFC heavyweight division without his name being in there somewhere. Yeah, and when he came in, like, he came in as Uberim. That was, like, over 10 years ago, I think. And that's when he fought Brock Lesnar. And everyone was like, holy shit, this yeah. guy is serious. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, sadly enough, it seems like every time he got close to, to the belt or a contender fight, it's just... uh came up short right that first time after the lesnar fight he fought antonio silver for the number one contender bout yeah ko'd and then uh bounced back from that well didn't bounce back right away lost to tra- yeah, travis this, brown this is the mere fight yeah the mere fight everyone thought maybe maybe this alistair isn't all what he seemed yeah because maybe of the performance yeah and he kind of just like played top position and Wrestled him out and got the W. And then a wild Ben Rothwell appeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have enough ben PPP Rothwell. for this move, Alistar. <laughs> that guy's just a. He's just a. You never walking... know. He's literally just like a paradise. You get you get his name on your contract, and you're like, do you want to fight him or do you want to roll a paradise to see if his number is bigger than yours? Not much difference <laughs> yes. between the two. He's he's such a wild card. You never know if his that literal champion quality potential Ben Rothwell is going to show up, or if he's going to be the guy who's like waving his hands and winking at you in the octagon. <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to Ben Rothwell. I know we yeah, bash you a lot, but you're awesome. <laughs> he's, he's definitely one of my favorites. You're never you're never not going to get what you're looking for with Ben Rothwell. He's always just, coming to bang, regardless. Just, just, just embrace your weird, sir. Just embrace it. Just embrace it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then after that, um, Alistair went on that four-win streak, right? Stefan Strew, Roy Nelson, that TK over Junior. Oh my God! I remember seeing that one live. Jesus Christ, was that a punch? Caught right. him like with the kind of that looping uppercut, yeah. and like just put his ass on the ground. Felt so bad for JDS. JDS. It's a fighter that uh, it hurts to watch him. Yeah, he's one of my all-time fans. I love, I love how he's been doing it for years. But whenever he speaks English and he's got that smile, I just, I just get happy. Yeah, I'm just like I feel it, man. I love it. I love imitating him. I can't, I can't <laughs> lie. Sorry, Junior. Not bad for a bad guy, eh? Or not, not bad for a good guy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Can't wait to see him fight. Wait, oh wait, no, he didn't. He fight a uh, Ghani. Oh yeah, Ghani finished him. Yeah, yeah. So gain. Is Sorry, it gain? Uh, well, Anik's been saying Ghani. I thought it was gain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Cyril, it is then. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, following that, uh, he had that uh awesome TK over Ar- Arlovsky after that, right? The crane yeah. kick. Yeah, definitely. That one was epic. So movie I, I remember the surprise <laughs> in Addict's voice that a guy that big <laughs> threw that kick. 
Yeah, man. Some little Yoda Machida shit. And that's shit. a heavyweight so doing that. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what I'm saying, man. More heavyweights need to kick. Yeah, I mean, JDS do one single spinning wheel <laughs> kick in his entire career and got a knockout finish. <laughs> so crazy. Over the guy with the toughest chin, too. <laughs> yeah. Toughest chin. Yeah, but then uh, that was his... Uh... That was a second title run, right? And then he ran into Steep Amy Ochik. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's not something you want to run into. I mean a wild man Rothwell is again. one thing, but mm, that was a... Uh... He he did hurt Steep. A lot of people, you know, the meme of uh Steep running at him while Alistair's got his hand on the cage running away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one that was long standing. Yeah, he, he dropped Steep and uh Tried to submit him. Yeah. No, he clearly felt the tap. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that that was that was another chance that kind of slipped away. You know, he just Stepe put it on him and kept putting it on him, and then he just went to sleep. He just, I remember the finish. I was just like, oh man, he's out. Oh man, he's out. Because Stepe just like from the top. And then you, you could see kind of like in the replay, like Alistair was visibly rocked. And then that second one, he's just like his hands started dropping. Yeah. And oh, man, it was brutal. Hard to watch. Yeah. Most of the heavyweight knockouts are hard to watch. When it's a one punch knockout, it's like, oh, but then when he's when, you know, he's he's on the ground being pummeled by this near 300 pound monster. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, just he's already dead. <laughs> Yeah, and he, he's out. Yeah, he's out. He's out. Just stop it. Just stop. Stop it. You're killing him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I oh, mean, all those fights through the years, and he had another tough loss to Blades, and we all thought, okay, maybe this is it, right? Yeah. No, Two no, in it's a not row. it. And it wasn't. He bounced back. Yeah. Two wins over uh, Olenek Pavlovich. Yeah, very intelligent striking on those wins. And I I think he was on his way to a title shot, maybe with another crazy win, but then Rosenstrike came yeah. out of nowhere. I mean, evidence that the heavyweight division is just rolling the dice because <laughs> <laughs> he literally did everything right for like 24 and a half minutes. And then the end. <laughs> yeah, and oh, then... You know, the exact same thing happened actually to Volkov with Derek Lewis. He did everything right. He won literally 14 and a half minutes of that fight and then yeah. got finished in the last 20 seconds or something like that. Yeah, he got uh, Derek Lewis just threw his <laughs> yeah, hand the, as high as he could. Right? <laughs> yeah, the, the beast went beast and he just... <laughs> like a slam dunk. Man. Yeah, he he, <laughs> that's exactly what he did. He He was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> It was so hard seeing uh, Volkov's head snap back like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, as soon as it hit, as soon as, not even when it hit, as soon as Derek threw it and you can see that reach that Derek gets when he's really throwing it, right? I was yeah. like, oh, oh, okay, okay. That was bad. That was yeah, bad. you see a whip back and you're like, there's, there's no man on the planet that could survive that whiplash. <laughs> but yeah, man, freaking Drago, he's, uh, I like him. I like him. I, I've been supporting him. I, I yeah, I like. That, I absolutely uh, like uh, Alexander Volkov. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I did. 
I think Derek Lewis was probably the first fight where I didn't want him to win when he uh, <laughs> joined the UFC just because Lewis is a, he's, he's a fan favorite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You always want him to win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, um, I did pick him to lose against Curtis Blades because that guy's just a takedown machine. Yeah. And he ragdolled him. Wasn't the most exciting performance, but he was just outclassed. And then he went on to uh, beat up Walt Harris, just like Alistair. Poor <laughs> Walt Harris. Yeah, I know. Shout out, Walt Harris. All love. Hope you uh, bounce back strong or good luck in your future. I don't know what you're trying to do right now, but uh, good luck to you. Yeah. And uh, here we are. Got these two guys. They're facing off. Uh, veteran Savvy versus. Well, Drago will Drago, man. He's, he is. It's a perfect nickname for him. Yeah. Uh, how do you see the fight playing out? Man, this is uh, this is probably the toughest call. I mean, Volkov, he's, he's, he's uh, they're both very experienced, very well-rounded. Yeah. You know, Volkov, he's, he's obviously younger, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, he- it's so he's hard. He's usually a, a tall fighter, but Alistair himself is quite tall. So. Yeah, he, the, the, that's. I mean, the big uh, factor is, is that Alistair likes to box up when he comes under fire, and mm-hmm. while he does have a very good guard, a good guard only does so much at heavyweight, right? Yeah, it's bad when he gets driven back to the fence, right? And yeah, that's just hangs that's, there. That's what I'm talking about. Covers he, up. And waits for an opportunity. And sometimes he can take three, four, five, six punches while he's doing that. And any one of them could literally just buckle his legs mm-hmm. or debilitate his body if it's a body shot or something. Because you never know. And I mean, like, in that uh, in that Sakai fight, uh, Overeem's last fight, they, were, they both gave each other some serious knees. I mean, any one of those could hit the wrong spot and just buckle you, right? Yeah, oh, he's got some good knees himself. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, but I mean, how tall is Volkov, right? Six seven, six four. Probably taller than that. <laughs> no, that's what it says here. Six seven for Volkov, six four for Overeem. Yeah, but I'm saying like maybe the yeah. stats got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's he looks way taller than six seven. I mean, yeah. He he holds his hand so low because he's used to fighting short guys, and when he blocks, he doesn't even bring it all the way up his arm. Yeah, carries it around his shoulder, right? Because he can't even reach that high. <laughs> I'm I'm awesome. crossed between decision for Volkov or a TKO for Overeem, because despite you know the age and how large his record is and how long he's been doing it. Alistar is as intelligent as it gets at the heavyweight division. Exactly. And the only yeah. thing that has stopped him lately is, you know, a random chance knockout or obviously Curtis Blades, the most dominant wrestler at the moment. Yeah, Curtis. Uh, yeah, I hope he's, uh, he's he's been getting better. He's got to get that striking. Yeah, up, I mean. He loves to take down. He's admitted it and everybody knows about it. So. <laughs> I like Volkov, but I, I, I'm going to pick uh, Overeem by TKO early, second. Love it. Love it. I'm going to go for the heart with this one as well, man. Overeem. <laughs> yeah, there's so much heart on this card. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So, so if we can go back 
to the Frank Mir bout. I think this is maybe that kind of thing, right? And you said, and everybody knows, Overeem is a very smart fighter. And he's on his final run, right? One final run. One final run. Everybody knows that, right? So I think maybe he's just going to see, like, because Curtis kind of exposed uh, Volkov's takedown defense, right? Yeah. You can wrestle him down. And Alistair, he's, he's got wrestling, right? He doesn't prefer to do it. Maybe he'll get caught up in a firefight. But uh, I think maybe 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 there's something there. Maybe it'll be like when he fought Frank Mir. Maybe he'll just secure the W, right? Slide up the rankings a little more. Uh, wait till that whole picture with Stipe, John, and uh, Francis clears up. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I think, I mean, I'm not going to put a KO, TKO uh, past it, obviously. But uh, I think he's going to get the decision here because Volkov, he is tough. He's a tough guy. He ate that shot from uh, Lewis. He's still conscious, right? But uh, <laughs> he didn't wear it too well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... And there's yeah. a few main factors in that, too. Like like you were saying, those really tall guys, they're used to blocking low. And Alistar is an inch or two, maybe three taller than most heavyweights still. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's not yeah, going to have got... to be punching too high for that. Yeah, and he's got he's got the striking, man. Yeah, he's, I mean, when he... If he wants to hit it, he's going to find a way. His most recent fight, Sakai, he, uh, he landed some very clean shots. And he weathered some very clean shots, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he really did with Sakai. Sakai was trying to come after him. Yeah, there was this one uppercut. I was very impressed with Alistair in that one. Very, this one uppercut where it was literally landed flush and just like in the middle of a combo. It was like not the, a power uppercut, but it landed clean and he just he just ate it so well. He didn't even eat it really. He just kind of, he punched him, but it it like didn't have any effect really. I mean, I don't yeah. know what Alistair's been doing recently, but it, it's working. I think uh, if he's ever going to make a title shot, this Volkov fight is the one to do. And after that, he may be, you know, uh, a Bisbing type situation where the moment comes up and you're that name or one more fight. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a good angle for Overeem. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> but that's assuming and, uh, he can get past Volkov. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll bid him uh, well wishes. Like, you know, he's he's vet. You want him to be successful. No offense, uh, Volkov. You got a little more time on your clock. Maybe you can come back later. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, Volkov's got a lot of time left. He's got a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see you this weekend, people. Uh, that closes out our predictions for this weekend's card, though. And before we close things out, I want to take a little bit to hit you with some headline hot takes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you, uh, you heard me uh, mention, or you, you got me uh, texting you about this earlier. Uh, I think you remember, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so uh, I just want to get your hot takes on something. You can uh, be as volatile as you want. This is a bit, people. Fuck that guy. Viewer. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I don't... Uh, Viewer I don't... discretion is advised. <laughs> But yeah, let's uh, let's let's stir the pot here. So uh, one silly thing that I caught in the uh, MMA sphere is uh, there's rumors swirling that Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury might be held on a military boat. That's random. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought why specifically a military boat? I don't know, or maybe a boat. 
About okay, so the rumor, comes, <laughs> yeah, the rumor comes from Brendan Schaub, so can't take it too seriously, right? Oh, yeah. But uh, I was thinking, like, how funny would that be? Like, because the boat's got to be moving. Yeah, I mean, you they, literally need one of those, like, 3,000-passenger cruise ships vacated almost entirely just to not have the fighters feel any kind of sway of any kind, right? <laughs> or have some kind of like hydraulic pressure. I don't know how boats work, but you got to <laughs> keep that, that, that ring steady. <laughs> it has to be stabilized. Yeah. It would be hilarious to see how that would... Like, what if they just did it and then you just see them like moving weird around the wing, ring and shit? <laughs> yeah. They're just like bouncing around like, oh, fuck. Why did we say yes to this? <laughs> like turbulence or something. <laughs> Uh, I think that would favor uh, Fury, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> he definitely has better movement. Some shit out of a movie. Josh will be trying to plant his feet, moving uh, with the boat. Oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He'll oh, come yeah. up with every excuse in the book afterwards. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. He's... It's so long to get the fight get going, going anyways. He has like 30 excuses. <laughs> not much room to hide now though no no i mean i don't know <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous how many how many different stories you heard as to why he thought he lost the fight as opposed to just losing the fight uh, oh i'm um, talking about joshua though not wilder oh i was talking, talking about wilder? i was talking about wilder yeah yeah <laughs> the excuses wilder, oh, wilder had for not not accepting the loss he's he's like uh well, I mean, Sean O'Malley didn't accept the loss very well, but he didn't have as many excuses. I mean, Wilder, yeah. everything from, you know, he tainted my water somehow, or, you know, the the walkout gear was too heavy, even though he said he trained with 40-pound weight vests all the time. It's incredible to hear he fired basically his whole team after that. Yeah, yeah, that's... that's Not a- taking the loss too well. No. Mm-hmm. So, uh, second headline I want to hit you with: uh, the UFC released twelve more fighters, and Carlos Antonio Jr. was one of them. Covered yeah, yeah, guy. I actually, it's I actually gone. saw that, and uh, it was literally one of those do-or-die moments. Yeah, I guess so. But what if, what if Brad lost? I don't think they would have taken him out of rankings. But I guess it's kind of like do-or-die, yeah, for Carlos. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. He's still 30 years old, though. I mean, but yeah, three loss streak. Um, damn, what, what do you think he should go to sharpen his tools? Does he have potential to come back? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think he'd have to do something really special because in that fight, he definitely showed that, you know, his striking is to the point where he can get to where he wants. But, I mean, nowadays in the UFC, you almost need to be well-rounded enough to keep the fight where it wants as opposed to just being able to get it there. Yeah. Or at the very least, you know, some kind of brash personality or so well a specialist that you're submitting dudes in three minutes every fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I not think to it's... take away from uh, Tavares at all, right? He had awesome defense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Tavares showcased a very wide skill set that night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so one mistake uh, I made that uh, we need to address. Macy Barber, not Aspen Lad. She's still in running for 
becoming the youngest UFC champion. Remember, oh, really? uh, we talked about that, uh, I think, an episode ago or so. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Aspen Ladd they shot up there. It's uh, Macy Barber, who's sitting at uh, rank 10 right now, I think. She's 22, I think, turning 23 this year. Jones was 23 and some change when he was champion. So I think what I read was she has 11 months left. Okay, so she's got to fight two or three times this year in a very short period, and she needs that second or third fight to be a title. And it's going to be against Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, my goodness. I... <laughs> okay, well, let's just wait for the next big prospect because, I mean, I'm familiar with Macy Barber, and she is definitely a worthwhile the prospect Bulldog. to put the name on or the title on, the prospect title. Mm-hmm. She's very good. She's growing quickly, as far as I can tell. But I mean, you got eleven months to beat the best fighter on the planet, and you're entry level right now. <laughs> I mean, you gotta. I mean, 125 pounds. You almost literally need to fight someone who's, you know, already in the UFC pot, right? You're going to have mm-hmm. to fight like an intro. Your next fight basically needs to be Angela Hill or Tisha Torres or something like that, right? You need, you need, a, you need a serious. Maya? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need someone with some name behind them, someone above you in the rankings. You need a really big, big stepping stone. And then yeah, after it has that. happened in the next two fights. Yeah, I mean, is she, is she scheduled right now, uh, Barber? I think she was scheduled. Um, I would have to look. Yeah, she is. Um, I forgot the opponent, though. Um, anyways, uh, how do you think she matches up with Valentina? <laughs> uh, is that who she's scheduled with? No, she's not uh, against Valentina. Oh, man, she's uh, scheduled against Alexa Grasso. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she's beating Grasso. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's ranked, uh, Grasso's ranked below her, but you, th- you think she's going to stop Macy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen Grasso since she was at uh, 115. She just recently moved to 125. Mm-hmm. I think she's like five, six deep fights deep into the UFC, but she's got very good striking, very clean, very fast, very technical. Okay. She's got a very good ground game too. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, good yeah. takedown defense. I mean, I, I think... Uh, Barber is just not uh, not experienced as experienced as her, and and Grasso just moved up to 125, and just like Andrade, you know, she feels like you know she's got so much more strength and freedom to do what she wants, as opposed to limiting her camp to the weight cut. Okay, there you go. So another fighter moving up and uh, replenish, feeling more replenished coming into the fight day. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if Barbara we... can do it, you know, that's definitely a big stepping stone because Grasso was, I think, at least on the ranked board for a couple of years at 115. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, in terms of Valentina? <laughs> uh, neither of them will beat Valentina. <laughs> Not on their best day or Valentina's worst day. No disrespect. Yeah. Valentina is just power. Yeah, she is just one of the best fighters in the planet, period. I was uh, listening to one of these pods at work, and uh, 
this dude was like talking about uh Caitlin Ch- Chukagian. Oh yeah. And their their friend uh on the on the pod was just like Caitlin Chukagian. Uh she she's not gonna beat Valentina no matter how hard she tries and they're trying to like hype Caitlin up like no no like she's saying like I I feel like I'm gonna do better another time around. He's like, no, I'm not even trying to hear that. He's like Irish. He's like, don't even tell me that you can kiss my ass. And they're like, <laughs> like she's actually on the other line. We're gonna bring her in soon. Are you sure you want to say these things? He's like, you can't tell me that that she's gonna beat her any day. No, not on her best day. She's never gonna be champion as long as he <laughs> that's you can bring her in. <laughs> oh man, that's that's brutal. Uh, but yeah, man, that's Valentina for you. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that she's she's literally just the best. It's no everything: strength, speed, reflexes, coordination, balance, takedown defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the jits. Yeah, I mean, she's just so well-rounded and so good in every aspect that I don't see even a specialist who somehow manages to get it into their wheelhouse, keeping it there in it for any, you know, considerate point of time. Yeah. We, we, that, that's exactly with, uh, what happened with Jennifer Maya, right? Yeah. The only person that's only, that's been kind of able to implement it obviously is newness. Yeah. I think Andraj though, Andraj, she, in her interviews, she was saying this one time, how she feels like it's unfair to all the other girls at 125 pounds right now because of how strong she is in uh, in a move up <laughs> yeah. in a division. She, yeah, says yeah. she feels like a literal superhero. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think uh, she, she I think it was Chukagian, right? That she uh, she beat with a body shot? Uh, I think so, and it was yeah. earlier on. It, it wasn't like yeah, it was the like, fourth round thing where they were gasping and yeah, she turned and it was like super painful. Yeah, she you, called it off right away. Yeah, I mean, I think Andraj, if anyone right now is gonna threaten Valentina, that's the one yeah. that's gonna give us problems. Yeah, because for someone like Valentina, you obviously need someone that can stop her. Yeah, you need someone with stopping power. Definitely, can, like either keep her down or stop her in her tracks. Uh, she's got awesome striking defense, though. So yeah. We'll have to see, man. And I mean, with she, she has a win over Joanna, who also schooled Andrade. So yeah, I mean, and it's hard to find a weakness in Valentina Shevchenko's offense, but mm-hmm. I mean, She's with basically the mighty mouse. Yeah, exactly. And it's more, you know, looking at Andrade's, you know, qualities as opposed to trying to find a weakness. And I think that uh, that extra strength that Andrade feels like she has will play a big factor. I feel like she might be able to, you know, outpower Nunez or not Nunez, Valentina the same way Nunez was able to. Yeah, in a trilogy bout. I just I think Nunez, she knows she has she has underrated wrestling to fall back on once she starts losing the standing exchanges. Yeah. You know, not a lot of people give her credit for that. She did that against GDR. Mm-hmm, exactly, because GDR was winning the standing yeah. exchanges, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, she's Nunes is intelligent. She did what she had to to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. So finally, uh, if we can dive into an alternate reality for a minute, <laughs> <laughs> if you are a task to go back in time and help Conor McGregor, 
Who would you have told him to fight instead of Poirier on his fight back? This uh, past week? Yeah. For his comeback fight? After uh, the Cerrone win and having 2020 off. Uh, damn, that's a tough one. I mean, <laughs> obviously... It happens sooner than later. No? Because, like, his relative inactivity, I think it kind of showed with Dustin Poirier, who's just been tearing through competition, like, year after year while connor has been gone. In hindsight, I think he should have just... <sighs> That's tough. I mean, right now, after seeing the Dustin Poirier fight, it's hard to go back two weeks and pick another fight, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, yeah. Dustin Poirier that favors him. <laughs> Dustin Poirier has grown so much, and he's such an intelligent fighter. He stuck to the game plan. He did everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Connor did do his thing, right? He did land his shots. He did have Dustin almost out of it for a, for a second there in the yeah. first round. But I mean, like, I think Justin Gagey would have done the exact same thing. I think Justin Gagey's leg uh, leg kicks his. His uh, grappling along the uh, cage and things like that, I think his his striking could have done just as much damage as Poirier's. I don't think mm -hmm. that would have been a good pick. I think Michael Chandler would have probably terrible pick. Probably, <laughs> you know, not gone. After his seeing way. his performance with uh, Hooker, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it probably would have gone the same way. I mean, like before the Poirier fight, I picked Connor to win because I thought it was a stylistic match for him. Mm -hmm. But that was before knowing that Connor was coming in with a, I'm going to fight Pacquiao next mindset. And Dustin was coming yeah. in with, I got to be the champion at any means necessary, right? I got to do this right. Mm -hmm. And he fight, he came to fight. So anyway. in this alternate universe, is Connor <clears throat> focusing on his opponent for eight weeks or is he focusing on boxing so he can fight Pacquiao next? Boxing Pacquiao. Okay, I think he's going to lose to everyone outside of the top five. Or everyone <laughs> in the top five, because Poirier, Gagey, and Chandler would probably do the exact same thing. And if he's looking for a boxing fight, at some point, Charles is going to get in or down. And Ferguson is just a wild card, because eight weeks. Tony time. Yeah, Tony time. You never, you never doubt out Tony time. He's one of the best fighters to never hold a belt, right? Hell yeah. So it goes back to the Nate Diaz trilogy. I think. Yeah, I think that we would should be have his... gone back for that because Nate Diaz is also a southpaw, right? Yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. bigger than Pacquiao, so I think he's bigger, longer. Yeah, either way, he would have gone whooped by Pacquiao. You know, he had the money in his eyes again. Come on, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, all this motivation speak. I mean, I get it, but. The only real new addition to his game we've seen in how many years is those shoulder strikes. Mm -hmm. And while that is new and exciting and interesting, and there's definitely people implementing it in as little as time has passed, right? Mm -hmm. Conor McGregor is still the same Conor that, you know, ran through the featherweight division five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, it, it goes back to what you were saying to me about what GSP said. 
Connor needs to. This is this is a critical moment for him. Yeah, it's a turning right? point, uh, or not a turning point. Yeah, he either needs to evolve, or the competition's just gonna just get ahead of him. Yeah. Because because when when GSP got knocked knocked out by uh, Matt Sarah, what happened to that? He he learned how to wrestle. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and jab, you, you stay away from the one thing that's that's threatening you, right? Yeah, the power punch. Yeah. yeah, disrupt the rhythm. Yeah, and I just I don't know if Connor it has the personality to like really say, "All right, now I need to maybe think about grappling more." I don't know. I think maybe he needs to. Maybe I'm wrong here. Right? I'm not a coach or an expert, yeah. but I think he needs to implement some more grappling. Um, obviously, he didn't have his kicks that. He had in the first fight, right? He opened up their first fight with a like a check hook kick. Yeah, a weird stepping thing, right? Yeah, and then a spinning uh, back kick yeah. to to the midsection, which was like obviously Dustin just to gauge a hook. reaction to see which which direction he'd move, just to see if he'd stand still and back, uh, you know, his upper body or like how he'd react, right? Yeah. So with that being said, I've been wanting to ask you this question so badly. Um, do you think Connor's in uh, danger of becoming the next Woodley? As he fell in love with his moneymaker, I think Woodley also fell in love with his moneymaker. And it's just like they forgot about all the other things they had, right? Like, remember when Woodley TKO Condit with a leg kick made him yeah. blow out his own knee? Yeah, exactly. Like, is, is he did this a full 360 happening? after that? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I fell down. It's hard. I mean, as much as Connor is good at was he what he's good at physically, I mean, obviously his reflexes and his hand-eye coordination are off the charts, right? And as far as a single shot, he's as strong as fast as it gets. But I mean, outside of the octagon, he has proven to be super intelligent in just about every aspect of the game. But we haven't seen that intelligence really implemented. And I don't know if it's him or his coaching or his ego or what. But I, I think if he doesn't come back with a, in a big way for his next fight, then yeah, we're seeing you know, probably the, the, the peak of Connor's divisional position. He'll probably just you know, stay relevant and keep being a top five, ten fighter. Kind of like Don yeah. Cerrone, but less active. Mm-hmm. Really a uh, uh, pivotal moment. In yeah, his I mean, if we'll have to see with every every asset Connor has, if he could implement something new. I mean, it's like Woodley. I mean, he he had everything he needed. All he had to do was just activity. That's all he had to do. Just a jab. You know, he's so strong. He's so fast. Yeah, some leg kicks. He didn't right? even have to put power into down. it. Just make contact, right? You just need to touch him. And he'll yeah. feel the power and he'll realize it's a threat. And that will make him not implement his game plan as fully as he wants to. It's the threat, you know, sometimes is more threatening than the actual punch. As, as they commonly say, you got to earn the respect of your opponent, yeah. right? Like, or else you got... Like Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira. Kevin never did anything. No, no uh, disrespect to Kevin Lee, but he never offered anything that 
made Charles Oliveira stop pushing forward. Yeah, exactly. And Charles just ended up crumbling him, and he did the same to Tony. And uh, yeah, if you don't earn the respect of your opponent, uh, things are going to happen. And look what happened to Connor, right? He did, he did give some stuff to offer to Dustin, but as soon as Dustin knew he was compromised, he did that torso twisting combination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Connor just, uh, he defensively he doesn't have much of a guard at all. I mean, yeah, he does. He does a lot of parry. Yeah, he tries roll. to parry and shoulder roll. But I mean, when things really go start going bad, I mean, even elite strikers like Overeem or Lawler, they have a really good guard, right? When things get bad and they have to box up, they they know how to do it and how to you know bob and weave and pick their moment to get out. But I mean, most of Connor's moments like that is either cutting the cage or that one moment where you just kind of stumbled back against both Khabib and Nate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he... he does have that tendency, like with, with Nate in the first and second fight and with uh, Poirier, like when, when the pressure was turned on, he kind of like, he, he got stuck on the fence and he did try to find his moments, but yeah, obviously uh, an onslaught was in his face and he, he would take a lot of good ones. Yeah, I mean it's a definitely a difficult time. I mean, I mean yeah. it, because most of his fights, aside from the one decision he's had with Diaz, have ended so early, and the way that one went, and even though it's boxing with Floyd, I mean his gas tank is still in question, in my opinion. Twenty-five minutes yeah, of constant fighting. He's uh, as far as I can tell. He's not going to go 25 minutes with Dustin or Khabib <laughs> no or Gagey or Tony <laughs> or Charles. He's not going 25 minutes with any of them. If Connor can't knock someone out in the first two or three rounds, I mean, unless he did some serious work in those two or three rounds, I think a split decision is all he can hope for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's well, obviously we haven't really seen that since the Diaz fight. And that was how many years ago, right? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, so between that first and second round with Poirier, you could almost see the difference. It's just one round difference, and you could see that Connor didn't have that pop in him anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, also the leg kicks really added. Yeah, that definitely did. That's definitely a factor for why his shots didn't hit as hard. But I mean, it's 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 difficult to tell when his fights haven't gone very far. I mean, looking over. Aside from Khabib and Nate, no one's ever gotten past the second round. I mean, Max. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, well, he uh, blew his knee out in that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I totally hear you. Uh, maybe he just needs some more time in the actual octagon. Yeah, I think that's another thing too. You know, it's it's activity. You you can train and you can train and you can train, but you always know you can stop. You can you always know you can put your hands up in a T. And, you know, take a break or something. Or you can always know that you're not trying to injure each other. So if someone looks dazed, you stop, right? It, mm-hmm. It's it's different from actually being in there. And I think the active experience, you know, or the lack of for Connor is definitely one of the things that uh, has kind of contributed to his his recent losses. Mm-hmm. Well... 
that is it for now, people. It is 9.51, and I am going to bed soon. Yep. This is Hespect MMA. Respectful Keith and Throblo. Uh, that's our predictions, and I uh, hope you had some fun with our hot takes and uh, discussing the fallout of Conor McGregor. Hot takes, that's a good one. <laughs> that was, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I decided to throw that in as a filler, you know, because we had an empty weekend this past week. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Thanks once again for joining me. Thank you, uh, everybody, for joining in. Uh, the next card is... UFC 258 Usman versus Burns. Love that. Been Ooh. waiting for that one. Uh, we'll see you again maybe on the 11th or 12th. We're already a little behind on this one today's people. So see ya. This will be up on Friday. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, thank you, Throblo. Yep. Thank you, everybody. Uh, that is it for this episode. We are out. Peace. Peace, man. Respect. Hey, thank you so much for listening in on today's episode of the Hespect MMA Podcast. If you'd like to connect with me and discuss your own responses over anything MMA related, come follow my Instagram or Twitter at Pod. And for those of you listening in via YouTube, remember to hit that like and subscribe button to show some continued love and support. Appreciation to you, and tune on in the next episode. Much Hespect.